Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Novices. My name is Ezra Arsenault, and I am an aspiring author. Now, as you can see, Joshua is not here because he is, like, ham-hacked busy, if that's even a word or a term. I don't know. If it is, I just created it. Ah, okay. Anyways, um, yeah, and it even took me a while to record this because we've just been busy with life uh, our business lives, personal lives, just a lot going on in general. Um, yeah. So, you're not here for that. <laughs> you're here for today's episode. Uh, in today's episode, I'm going to be reading a story from creepypasta.com titled, From Hell I Write. And fair warning, this story does contain some, uh, mild language. So, if a child is around you, I prefer them not to be here. Uh, if you're not comfortable with this, you can, you don't have to listen to this episode. You can just sit for the next one. Um, if you are going to sit and enjoy this, well, without further ado, please enjoy From Hell I Write. From hell I write. I write to you now, but I do not write from my room, with a bed so soft and a window so bright. I do not write from my home, with couches so comfortable and food so, so good. Oh, food, how I miss it. Water, too. If I could get one drop, oh, how I would thank you. God. Well, I'd thank someone for it anyways. I do not write from my treehouse among friends so dear and chirping birds so near. I do not write even from the world you live in right now. No, I write from a place much, much worse. It's ironic because during my last moments in the world, I couldn't imagine any sort of place worse than the place we call Earth. I thought such a place couldn't possibly exist. How wrong was I? Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick, and for you to understand my train of thought, I'll need to take you back a little. Back to the world God. Your God, no longer mine. Put Oh, the 80s. What a time to be alive. Great movies, great music, somewhat. Great friends, great family, great house, great life, great... Sorry, I'm rambling. Eleven years old. That was me. Living in a suburban home with my mother, Sarah, my dad, Vincent, my arsehole 13-year-old twin brothers, Darren and Bryce, and of course... My five-year-old sister, Nancy. Come to think of it, I wonder how she's doing right now. Sweet little Nancy. She was always so precious, 
so innocent. I hope what we'd went through together never changed that. Anyhow, I can remember the day so clearly. I was playing a basketball game of two-on-one. I was the one with Darren and Bryce. The two jerks were creaming me, of course, never hasting to shove me around and taunt me. Patrick, you're an ass at this, they would say. Well, of course I was an ass. I was an 11-year-old playing two-on-one against two 13-year-old pricks. Actually, you know something? I'm going to stop calling them names. See, when you're on Earth, it's easy to call your family members' names and to quarrel with them constantly. Where I am now, though you'd give anything just to hug them for five seconds and tell them how much you love them. I'm rambling again. Well, soon enough, our mother called us in as we were having some guests over that night, our new neighbours. The new neighbours in question were the Hoffmister family. Up to that point, all I had heard from my brothers say about the Hoffmisters were things like, they're creepy as shite and weird-ass people who's got to go. I didn't share these same opinions. They seemed like okay people to me. Nonetheless, the Hoffmisters came over that night. The family consisted of three. First, there was a 60-year-old Aline, a skinny woman with short grey hair, always wearing black dresses. Next, we had none other than 60-year-old something, Leo. Don't really remember the bastard's age, nor do I care to. Also extremely thin with a long nose that would make the pasty white guy on the Pink Panther show jealous. Then, there was David, their 11-year-old insecure adopted son. I'm pretty sure Leo and David are on the same place I'm writing from now. But I'm, I'm not certain. See... We don't really get to speak with anyone else here. Anyways, it was quite an eventful evening. Aline and Leo had tea with my parents while Darren, Bryce, David and I hung out in our treehouse, playing cards. In the treehouse, I started to get to know David a little better. I must say, though he seemed a bit on the weird side, he was pretty awkward when it came to discussing things, such as where he moved from, or what life at home was like. Still, he was a nice kid, just very shy. Later that night, when the sun went down, my brothers had already gone home, and David and I were walking down a street lamp-lit road. That's when he invited me to his house for a bit. It was a Friday night, so I figured it'd be okay. Let me say this. His house was big. It was the biggest in the neighbourhood, down at the end of my street, sitting on a high hilltop, as if it were better than all the others. Behind it was a large field that eventually merged into some woods which lined the horizon. Entering David's house, we walked into his kitchen, where he told me to take my shoes off so as not to upset his parents. I heard some footsteps upstairs, so I figured his parents must have gotten back from my house. We sat down at his counter, eating yogurt. 
As we conversed, David continued to dodge my questions about his home life, or just his life in general. All I knew was that he was adopted. Soon enough, I heard Aline upstairs. David, come upstairs, please, she said. David told me to stay put. He'd only be a minute. And just like that, he was gone. I sat alone in their kitchen, finishing off my yogurt cup. I decided to get up and look around a bit to keep myself busy while David was upstairs doing whatever the hell he was doing. Looking at the fridge, I got to look at some of the pictures that were magnetised to it. These included family photos with the grinning faces of Aline and Leo, and the frowning face of David. Why David? Why did David look so unhappy in all of these photos? Oh, and another thing. There was a photo on their fridge of some kid sitting on the floor of what looked like a cellar, just staring up at the camera with a blank face. Strange. I then walked over to a shelf in their living room, which was stocked with framed photos and figurines. Lots of self-portraits here, including one of Aline. Her expression blank, eyes looking very cold and lifeless. For some reason, it kind of reminded me of this portrait I'd seen once of the famous cowboy named Buffalo Bill. Same sort of stare and expression and whatnot. Anyways, sorry, I don't even know why that came to mind. I started looking at some of the figurines on the shelf. A Mickey Mouse doll, a monkey doll, this creeped me out. And a pentagram necklace. Oh, and there was also a crucifix necklace, but the cross was upside down. What idiot messed that up? I thought to myself. I then realised that David had been gone for a while, and I was getting a little bored with looking at people's decorations. I decided to go upstairs and find him. Walking up the stairs, I began to hear some weird noises coming from one of the rooms upstairs. It sounded like chanting. And as I got to the top of the stairs, I confirmed that it was. I looked down the upstairs hallway of the Hoffmister home and saw that one of the rooms had a light on the inside. The door opened just a crack. As I walked toward the door, I could clearly hear Aline and Leo chanting in some weird language I had never heard before. I slowly crept toward the room, a decision I regret to this day. I pushed the door open slightly, just enough to see Aline and Leo on the floor, on their hands and knees, bowing down to something that was just out of my view. I didn't dare open the door any wider than I already had even if it meant satisfying my curiosity to see what in the blazes they were bowing down to. From my point of view, I could see a small cauldron filled with a steamy liquid. Leo was blowing cigar smoke and spitting rum into a bowl. The whole atmosphere in the room was different. I don't know how to really describe it. It was like I could feel the presence of someone else in there. But I couldn't see them. Then, I saw David and the 
back of the corner, curled up in a fetal position, bawling his eyes out. He looked more terrified than anyone I'd ever seen. David's terror only grew when his mother, if you even want to call that awful witch such a thing, stormed over to his corner of the room and grabbed him by the wrist, pulling him up off the ground and in an attempt to get him to bow down to whatever they were bound down to. I could see his fear grow when he watched Leo pull a rooster out of a burlap sack and chop its head off in a brutal animal sacrifice. Then his face went white with horror as he realised how much trouble he was in when piss began running down his leg and onto the floor. That did it. Aline began slapping David over and over and over again, angrily screaming at him, you never Never, never do that in front of the beast, she screamed. The beating eventually stopped, and David was just a heaping mess in a puddle of his own tears and piss. This was when I decided that it was a good idea to get the hell out. to exit, but in my haste, I knocked over on one of their many picture frames that lined a desk upstairs. I winced when this happened, knowing that it was about a 99.99% probability that that devious couple down the hall heard it. I rushed down the stairs as quick as I could, nearly tripping myself. I didn't care, I just wished to get out. Still, poor David, I wish I could have done something to help him, anything. Grabbing the door handle, I prepared to make a hasty exit out of the front door of that dreaded house. Then I stopped dead in my tracks. Holy shite! Please tell me! Yep, my shoes were still in the kitchen. I ran for dear life toward the kitchen, locking onto my shoes like a missile. I grabbed them. Yes! Hello, Patrick. No. I looked up to see Aline standing on the upstairs balcony looking down over me with an overly friendly expression on her face. I was frozen in place. Do I run? No, that would just look stupid. Also, she'll know I saw what those creeps were doing up there. Hey, hey, I managed to utter out. I didn't realise you were still here, said Aline in a much too friendly manner. Oh, yeah, sorry, I said. No need to apologise, she said, but it is getting quite late. Should get home. Don't need your parents coming over here, now do we? No, we don't, I thought to myself. I managed to stem out some stupid reply before saying goodbye and rushing to the front door, bursting out of it. I'm never going back there, I thought to myself. If only that were true. Thank you everyone for tuning in to The Novices. Um, That was not the full story. And if you want to go finish reading the full story, go ahead and take a look at creepypasta.com and check out all their wonderful, spooky, scary, spine running up and down <laughs> stories like they have some really good ones um and i'll see you all or i'll y'all hear from me 
next episode. Me and Josh, hopefully. Yeah. Have a nice night and happy Halloween.